I have thought very long for this uh, about what I need to talk to you about on this Sunday. We're still early in the year. And finally, I thought, well, I want a, a message to encourage people at the beginning of this year. We talked about uh, not to worry about tomorrow, uh, forget, forget the past. And, and then I thought, what is a good way to have a successful 2020? We love success. And, but we are facing really hard times in this world. How to live in these tense days and to be a happy person and useful uh, is the deep concern for, of everyone. The days in which we live are days of confusion. Do you agree with that? Yes. Perplexity, bewilderment, uncertainty, and disillusionment. They are crucial days for all of us. Even King Solomon, in his days, one of the wisest men in history and the writer of the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, who tried almost every avenue under the sun in search of happiness and satisfaction. And you know what he wrote at the end of all his research? Vanity of vanities, all is vanities. When I studied this subject, I realized that Christians who mean business in their spiritual lives can achieve success. I want to encourage you. And if you follow the word of God. And here's three things without any other thing we need to do to secure a bright 2020 for all the children of God. The very first thing I want to talk about is a walk that pleases God. A walk that pleases God. As we find ourselves walking on highway 2020, let's call it highway 2020, we need directions because we have hills and valleys. We have tunnels to cross. We have mountains to climb. We have opportunities to seize. Through all this, how can I be happy, satisfied, and successful at the same time to please my God? In these dark days or dark world, we need to be imitators at the very beginning. We need to be imitators of God as beloved children. The Bible is clear about that. And if you want 
to have a walk that is pleasing to God, we need, beloved, we need to be imitators of God first. Not of man, of God. How? If you want, I'm not going to read it. I didn't read it this morning. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, he gives us, the Lord gives us some directions. For instance, we can see that we need to walk as children of, of light. We need to walk as children who show love to each and every person we meet. Children of walking in love. And we have to be careful that our walk should be a wise walk before we do anything to be wise men and women in everything we face in this world. The Bible says in Proverbs 16.7, when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, what happens? He makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. You want success? Let us please God in our walk. As Christians, we have a great book to look at. We can go back there and find every answer you need in your life. This is why the Bible, there is no book that comes close to it because it's inspired by God and written by, through the Holy Spirit, men of God. And in order to have a good walk, a pleasing walk, the Bible says in Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I looked at the translation, a better translation, so we can understand it better. The Phillips translation comes so good and explains it better to us all. And it says, do not let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. I repeat, do not let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. And this is what, the, what we are facing. We go into the world, we work, we go to school, we, we go to society. I mean, they have a certain mold. But Christians, we have a totally different life to live and show. And do not let the world squeeze you into its own mold. As redeemed children of God, who seek to please him in our walk, we live in a world system. Listen, we live in a world system that is under the dominion of the evil one. Whether you like what I said or not, we live in a world that is filled with wickedness. I say wickedness and evil is all around us. And this is supported, supported by the word of God. In 1 John 5.19, it says, this is an evil world. 
It's not passive. The world is not unconcerned. On the contrary, evil is aggressive, and it requires extreme efforts on our part to combat that world system that we are living in. So be careful. Be on the alert. Be on guard of your life. So if you decided and if you made at the very beginning, we're still early in the year, if you made a certain promise, or we, we call them resolutions, if you made a certain resolution, do not let this world drag you into its own mold. Stand for God. Stand with God. He will stand with you. And he will make it, make your life a happier and a successful life. So to please God, we need at the beginning of this year, this first month, a transformation of our own hearts. Transformation to be in tuned with the word of God. To live in his presence and to have the spirit of obedience to what the Holy Spirit is telling us. Don't do that, the Holy Spirit. Don't do that, it's dangerous. But I like it. Be careful. Obey the Holy Spirit. And our motivation is to seek to know God better and to walk with him on a daily basis. You know, in the book of Hebrews, there is a certain uh, verse that has always uh, inspired me. It's Hebrews 11.5. We read an encouraging passage about a certain man, Enoch. You heard about Enoch? Okay. And this man, the, the, this verse says, By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. He was pleasing to God. And you know, the Bible says, if you read his accounts in, uh, in Genesis chapter 5, that he walked with God. How many? Test, test, test. 300 years. He started at 65. 300 years he walked with God. And the Bible says he pleased God. Now the challenge this year to be a successful Christian. Can we walk this year with him one out of 300? One year to please God. This year to please God in our actions, in our thoughts in our lives, in our dealings with people, at, at school, at church, everywhere. We have a challenge. We have an encouragement. Can you go to work tomorrow and say, Lord, I want to please you. 
and the day after tomorrow, and the day after tomorrow, 100 years, that's 300. And because he pleased God, he pleased God 300 years. And you say, well, hey, those were the days where they didn't have any, uh, like we have there. I mean, he didn't have anything. He had to go, you know, he had to go visit his, uh, with his family, then till the land, and then come back. Wrong. The problems with the family are still the problems with the family today, as 300 years ago, or 3,000 years ago, or 15,000 years ago. He had children. Had a wife. Don't you think when some days he had a problem with the children, a problem with the wife, a problem in relationships? And he would come in the morning and the Lord tells him, hey, what was wrong? What's wrong, Enoch? Well, hey, I, I had a fight with the children. I had a fight with my wife. I had some disagreement there. And uh, the workers in the field, etc. Think about it. He, he faced problems. But through it all, through it all, he was pleasing in his walk to God. So, we have a break. How about 300, what is left? 335 days, okay? How about the next, this year? How, to, how about 2020? Are you willing to please God? Like this man, please God. This is the first step in achieving a successful life during this year that we are in. Would you please consider that and live to please God? The second thing that is needed in the life of the Christian especially is a serious commitment. A serious commitment. Are you a committed Christian? Are you a Christian who is living according to the word of God? Or are you letting things slip because, you know, God knows. It's a little, little lie. God knows about that. A slip here and a slip there will take the commitment away. The commitment should be body and soul coming from the heart all the time. A definition of commitment. So when I started studying this, I said, I go to Webster's, okay, Webster's Dictionary. Let's see what it says. To, to do some act or make some declaration which may bind the person in honor, good faith, or consistency to pursue a certain course of conduct or adhere to the spirit of that declaration. Quite a long list. Total commitment. The Lord succeeded in his mission because he was totally committed. Yes or no? He didn't back off. Even when he saw the cross, he came for the cross. He didn't back off. He prayed and went to the cross and died for you and me because he had a commitment to fulfill. Commitment means a willingness to deny yourself and consistently follow him. Christ did always the things that are pleasing to his Father. So if we are endeavoring to please our Father in our walk, we should honor our commitment that we made, especially when we first got saved. Are you walking with the Lord? 
Are you honoring your commitment to him? General William Booth, founder of the Salvation Army, was asked the secret of his amazing Christian life. Booth answered, I told the Lord that he could have all that there is of William Booth, period. How committed are we? There was a religious gentleman in his church who used to get up regularly, regularly uh, <coughs> excuse me, at a prayer meeting in his church to pray. And he, this is his prayer. Use me, Lord. Use me in some advisory committee. Give me a job so I can be an advisor. Is that commitment? Yes, no? No. This man looked for a contribution. That's good. Or a partial commitment, not a total commitment. When you want God to use you, put yourself in front of him, said, Lord, use me in whatever way you want to use me. I want an advisory job in the church. No, you can't do that at all. The difference between commitment and a contribution. A contribution says, hey, I will do that. I'll help with some money. That's a contribution. But commitment is to put yourself under the yoke that the Lord spoke about and totally do whatever the Lord wants you to do. But it's hard. That's what is required. This is what God is asking you and me to do. You want to serve him? In whatever capacity, serve him. And the difference between, between a contribution, I'll contribute a few hours, and a commitment is like, between failure and success. Well, I told you this story before, and I want to repeat it now. Mike, our brother Mike Hyde, loves it so much for your sake, Mike. A chicken and a hog. How many of you know this story? Okay. A chicken and a hog were walking past a church building one day when they noticed the Sunday morning sermon posted outside, you know, churches put that, the bulletin board, and it says, helping the poor. Today's message, helping the poor. They walked further when the chicken suddenly came across with a suggestion. Say, Brother Hog, they're walking, why don't we give all the poor people a nice breakfast of ham and eggs? The hog thought a moment and replied, that's all right for you to say, because for you, it's only a contribution. But for me, it's a total commitment. So are we a chicken or a hog? There is no such a thing as Partial commitment. 
When a pilot, think of me this way, of a giant airliner is speeding down the runway, there is a certain point where he cannot decide to remain on the ground, right? When he crosses that line, he's committed to the air or the plane crashes disastrously. The pilot cannot change his mind when the play is two-thirds of the way down the runway. He has. He's committed, carrying 300 passengers, to take off and take them to their destination. One sad thing that I hate to report. I hate to report. Unfortunately, many churches are filled with members who have never left the ground. They have been sitting there for years and years, gunning their engines. No takeoff. Are we committed? Paul was totally committed, right? The apostle. You know what he said? For me to live is, you know. That's my commitment. And if I die, it's game, right? Are we? Do you want a successful walk during 2020? Are you really committed? You come to church when you feel like it. I'm only contributing one Sunday a month. Or you come regularly, attend the meetings, and see what God wants you to do to help, to take a responsibility. Total commitment. That's the second step, third step. In the epistle to the Hebrews, the writer says in chapter 13, be ye content with what you have, for he himself has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Let me ask you one thing, are you content? Are you happy with what God has given you in life? Are you happy with a two-car garage or you want a three-car garage? This is, the, these are, this is what people are looking at today. Are you happy with what God has given you? I'm not saying that you should Continue and progress in life and work hard and make money, but make it in the will of God. God has given you a certain lot in life. Enjoy it until he gives you a chance to move further. But don't live with okay, my neighbor, how come my neighbor, how come my friend has a better 
life, a better job, a better home. I don't. And don't be taken with that. Thank God for what you have and continue working and continue providing for your family. And don't sit without any provider providing. Paul talks to them in Thessalonians. There were some Christians who accepted the Lord our Savior and they sat. They didn't want to do anything except, except to look at others' business and criticize them. And you know what he writes to them? He said in chapter 4, we're coming to it in our studies, why don't you mind your own business? Are you content? What actually contentment is happiness. Are you content? Many say that contentment is the way, in the way of progress. But let me tell you what God has a better, a correct formula. He says godliness with contentment is a great gain. I say, if you want to improve in life, if you want to go further, if you want God to help you to attain your goals, okay, let me tell you one thing. Be ye content first. What you have, what God has given you. To be content with what we possess is the greatest of all riches. A man from Texas said that he came from the greatest state in the world. And you know, the Texans, we, do we have a Tex, Texans here? They are so proud of their state, he said. I came from the greatest state in the world, the state of contentment. And the Bible says in Timothy, godliness with contentment is a great gain. You want to weigh success? Let's have a walk pleasing to God. Let's be committed in this new year. Let's be content with what you have. Someone said, in his accumulation of things is not man looking and searching for contentment. The bottom line, according to Paul, is not how much you have. The bottom line on personal profit and loss is finding godliness with contentment. I will conclude with this lesson. Two little teardrops. I read this, I was so Impressed. Two little teardrops were floating down the river of life. One said to the other, Who are you? It replied, I am a teardrop from a girl who loved a man and lost him. Who are you? The first responded, Well, I'm a teardrop from the girl who got him. 
Life is like that, isn't it? We cry over things we cannot have. If we only knew, we would probably cry more if we had received them. Paul had the right idea. And he said, I have learned. In his letter to the church that loved him so much, the Philippian church, he said, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. Oh, I wish. Stop wishing. Possess the moment. Take it and move forward. And the Lord will show you, will direct you, will be with you, will go for you if you are working to please him. And if you're committed in your life to your family, to God, to your family, to your wife, to your children, to your job. God gave you a job. And so many people, so many people, they, instead of being committed to their job, they complain about it. Do it right, do it well, do it with your heart. And if the Lord wishes and wills, he'll change it. Then you look back, I said, thank God, he gave me another job. Don't sit down crying about things you cannot have. Enjoy the things you have, and the Lord will take you further. 2020 is ahead of us. And this is the recipe, as I said, pleasing God in our walk. Total commitment to him and contentment with joy. And you will achieve a great, successful year. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Father, we are thankful for giving us the opportunity in this wonderful and blessed land that we love to stand here and share your word in total liberty and freedom. May it always be. May your face shine on us, Lord, so we can be a light into this world. And help us, Lord, to honor you in our lives, in our commitment, in our walk, and also in our lives to spend it contented, with you and with what you have. Be with us as we continue the day. We remember those who are ill, that you heal them and bless them. And we, as for us, help us, Lord, to live according to your word. Bless each and every family and dismiss us with your blessing. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. The meeting is over. Thank you for coming. May the Lord bless you.